0: Beyond the the headlines, this is World Insight. Hello, and welcome to World Insight with me, Tian Wei. Hungary was the first EU country to sign a BRI cooperation document with China. Its bilateral trade volume reached a milestone of 15.5 billion US dollars in the year 2022, an increase of 84% from the year 2013 when the BRI was first proposed. Hungary is China's largest investment destination in Central and Eastern Europe. It has also been an ardent advocate for the development of China-EU relationship. Here is my latest interview with the Hungarian Minister of Foreign Affairs and Trade on the sideline of the BI Forum in Beijing. An initiative that aspires to connect you and me from almost all corners of the world for common development and prosperity. I find out how much things have been changing thanks to the BRI by talking to common folks along the world, interviewing heads of state, and moderating panels at the third BRI forum. Join us on World Insight with me, Tian Wei this week as the BRI celebrates its 10th anniversary. Mr. Minister, what a pleasure to see you.
1: Thank you so much for your kind invitation.
0: And thank you for taking your time out of your extremely busy schedule.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have started our program with meeting the Premier. And that was the uh, first uh, official meeting between the uh, two uh, leaders. Although um, uh, they have uh, met once uh, a couple of years ago when the current Premier was um, accompanying your president. uh, But uh, in his position, this was the first meeting. And I'm happy to see that the uh, two Prime Ministers are having the uh, chemistry, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They understood each other very well. They have had a very intensive uh, and extensive, uh, in the meantime, uh, exchange. And they have uh, discussed not only the issues of the bilateral cooperation, but also the issues uh, of the uh, Mm Europe-China cooperation and touched upon some global issues as well. So I think that was very, very fruitful.
0: And uh, there will be more important meetings to come. Of course, meeting the Chinese president as well.
1: Yeah, uh, the meeting between uh, the president and the prime minister was the eighth occasion already. So they have a long-standing uh, cooperation. Uh, They have even met back 14 years ago. That was the first meeting of theirs when President Xi was the um, vice president here. And our prime minister was the leader of the opposition. So both of them were in a different uh, position at that time. But uh, their uh, friendship, their uh, very constructive uh, partnership uh, dates back to uh, 14 uh, years. And and the dialogue, the discussion uh, they have had was very fruitful. Uh, They have um, basically gone through the entire agenda of the bilateral and multilateral cooperation between the two countries.
0: As you know, this Belt and Road uh, Forum is about high-quality cooperation. Now, I know you've been devoting to this uh, cause for a long time. What is your understanding of the meaning of high-quality? What does that say to the rest of the world?
1: Well, first of all, I have to tell you that I'm personally proud that I was the first foreign minister from the European Union to sign the implementation agreement of the One Belt, One Road initiative back in the summer of 2015 when uh, my good old friend, uh, uh, Foreign Minister Wang Yi, uh, gave me the honor to host him in Budapest. That was his first visit during my uh, term. Thanks God, he was in Hungary on quite numerous occasions Mm -hmm. uh, since we started to work together. We have been working together now more than nine years. So um, our um, uh, friendship uh, is um, let's say, is a good tool, a good equipment Mm -hmm. uh, to cement more this uh, bilateral cooperation. So, on the One Belt, One Road initiative, we do believe that um, this is a respectful initiative, Mm -hmm. given the fact that it promotes connectivity and global cooperation. And this is something that is very high on our agenda. We don't want the world to be divided into blocks again. We want the world to be interconnected because the more interconnected the world will be, the more peaceful place it's gonna be as well. And um, global cooperation and connectivity add a lot to um, economic development uh, of the countries and improving the living standards of the people. Uh, So therefore, uh, we do not only support the One Belt, One Road Initiative, uh, but uh, we are very active in the implementation. And um, within this uh, cooperation, uh, we have received a lot of Chinese investments in Hungary. Mm -hmm. So after 2020, this year, the most investments are coming from China Mm -hmm. to Hungary. And these are all very modern investments, state of the art, very high level of standards, creating tens of thousands of new jobs. So um, these uh, Chinese investments add a lot to our efforts which aim at uh, maintaining the growth path Mm -hmm. of our national uh, economy. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever comes out from China on industrial or service or any other economic uh, areas are definition, by definition, very high quality. Mm -hmm. That's not a question. But
0: people in Europe would say, oh, maybe it's for your country, Hungary. But what about the benefits for us? How would you respond to them?
1: If we agree that politics is a job based on experience, then I can offer my experiences to them. That uh, once you approach China on a rational basis, on a common sense basis, on a basis of mutual respect, without the willingness to judge, without the willingness to educate or lecture, then it's a very profitable relationship. Because what happens, uh, Chinese uh, companies are looking for European footprints. And the more Chinese investments you can attract to your own country, the more jobs will be created, the more modern your economy will, will be, the more guarantees you have to maintain a growth path. The better relationship you do have with China, the more products of yours can be sold on the Chinese market, which is huge. So once you enter the market, you have huge revenues. So uh, therefore, I can just offer or, or recommend to all other uh, fellow European member states to uh, approach China in a rational and a respectful way, and then the cooperation uh, will pay off.
0: Common sense and also what you uh, talk about as rationality might be a rare commodity.
1: A very rare one.
0: What is rationality? What is common sense?
1: If you look at the current European political arena, you will see that basically there is no space, no space for, um, for rational dialogue. Why? Because all the questions are being over-politicized and over-ideologized. This used to be the case before the war as well. But since the war in Ukraine has uh, been launched, there's basically no chance for common sense based dialogue because if you speak a bit different from the liberal mainstream, immediately if you do not comply with liberal mainstream 110%, then you are immediately stigmatized. So this kind of approach does not allow a rational dialogue and rational discussion to take place. Unfortunately, so when you hear the expressions of decoupling and de-risking, then uh, these expressions do mean that we do have to restrict the, or cut even the uh, Chinese-European economic cooperation, which would be a knockout, a knockout to the European economy. Trade volume between the 27 EU member states and China has reached a peak of 860 billion euros last year what rationality means to me. Do not over-ideologize, do not over-politicize issues. Just look at how it works on the ground, how it works in the reality. And once you are aware, then uh, try to represent a position which helps such kind of cooperation to further grow.
0: Let's look at how it works. 6.5 billion investment coming into Hungary last year. Majority of it uh, coming from Chinese companies. But sir, when you look at what the Belt and Road Initiative could offer, uh, particularly for new potentials, I see you're already doing it. For example, electric vehicle manufacturing, for example, lithium batteries manufacturers, you're doing that. But how do you see the competition that is likely to take place, even for those who are participating?
1: You know, last year, We have had a huge national record of investments in a year, reaching the 6.5 billion euros, you were just kind enough to mention. But uh, this year, we will double it. So by the end of the year, we will be around 13 billion euros uh, of investments, mostly by Chinese companies, clearly taking the first place, no question. It uh, sets the bar very high because, I mean, next year we even have to jump higher than that, which is not not gonna be easy to um to jump over the 13 billion uh, uh, euro bar but uh, but we'll try our best because we have not thought that we would be higher than 6.5 either and <laughs> we are there so but when it comes to the electric um, uh, vehicle industry I can tell you the following that the um, Hungary has been a leader in the uh, traditional automotive uh, industry 30 32 percent of our industrial output, comes from the automotive industry, from the traditional. Right. But we all know that the automotive industry has been undergoing a huge technological revolution. The um, combustion engines will be replaced by electric cars. And uh, we all know that the Western European um, manufacturers mm-hmm. have invested a lot in order to enable themselves to uh, build fantastic electric cars, right? And they have done so, they were successful. Mm -hmm. And we are one of the three countries in the world, the other two are China and Germany, where the three German premium, top premium car makers, Mm -hmm. Audi, BMW and Mercedes are present. One of the three countries in the world. And all of them have uh, deployed the heart of their electromobility strategies uh, to uh, Hungary. On the other hand, we all know that uh, the electric batteries, which are kind of essential from the perspective of electric cars, right, are being produced by Eastern companies. The top 10 uh, global companies uh, are all Easterners. There's one Japanese, three Koreans, and six, including the biggest one, from China. And uh, five of the top 10, two Koreans and three Chinese, including the number one, have committed themselves uh, to invest and to operate in Hungary. So currently we are number four in the world when it comes to the capacity of manufacturing electric batteries. And once these investments by the Chinese companies are complete, first quarter of 2025, we will be number two in the world. Number two, a country of only 10 million people. We will be number two in the world, leading the pack in this uh, technological revolution, which will determine determine the, the shape of the global and the European economy uh, in the upcoming decades. So um, this is an outcome from the One Belt, One Road Initiative. This is an outcome of the pragmatic Chinese-Hungarian cooperation, which is huge because for a country with only 10 million people, so we are number 95 when it comes to population in the world, you know, number 95 out of almost 200 countries. So just uh, barely in the first half of, 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 the, um, of the countries. Still, we can take the global lead in such an important industry. That's a a fantastic outcome.
0: Recently, policy-wise, the European Union has been talking about investigating into the so-called subsidies uh, that China has put, according (laughs) to the European (laughs) Union, into the electric uh, vehicles. Now, how do you, as the foreign minister and the trade minister of your country, a member of the EU, looking at the debate taking place within the bloc?
1: We have not seen anything on paper yet. We have not seen a draft. But you can take it for granted that uh, <coughs> we will um, go against any kind of proposal which would harm or restrict the uh, European Chinese, including the Hungarian Chinese cooperation. You can absolutely take it for granted. And I do hope, I do hope that most of the European countries will be able to depoliticize and de-ideologize this question. I really do hope it. And uh, once they are ready to do so, once they are able to do so, then I'm pretty sure that such kind of a proposal will fail. Because it has to fail, otherwise it will uh, further harm the European economy. Look, European Union has introduced sanctions after the outbreak of the war in Ukraine. These sanctions have been killing the European economy. They have caused so much harm uh, to the European countries, to the European companies. And now, if, uh, if the cooperation in the field of automotive industry is going to be restricted, that will put a huge, a huge sacrifice on the European economy, which you don't want.
0: I know that a lot of the uh, uh, European car makers, including German ones, are having great cooperation with their Chinese counterparts Absolutely. as well. Uh, They're working on the electronic vehicles and other components of the vehicles. So, uh,
1: Look, I can tell you that... Um, The biggest ever investment in Hungary's history, 7.5 billion euros by CATL, which is the number one electric battery producer of the world, being Chinese, their investment ended up in Hungary because of a German inspiration. Because Mercedes, to whom CATL is going to produce and deliver most of its batteries in Hungary, have convinced CATL to come to Hungary. Same with EV Energy, EV Energy being another top 10 in the world from China. They are going to supply BMW uh, and BMW is now building its factory in Hungary, a huge one. And EV Energy just bought a plot next to it. So basically, EV Energy uh, will supply BMW with electric batteries without using public roads because they are neighboring plots to each other. So they just have to cross the fence uh, between the two. So, you know, that must be seen by all European politicians, that the top European companies, which are the German automotive companies, they cannot operate without an effective cooperation with their Chinese counterparts. And this is not a political statement. This is the fact. And whether we like it, whether we don't like it, this is the fact. And if we do not want to kill the European economy through killing the German automotive car makers, then then we, we have to let this cooperation flourish, you know. And and we, we in Hungary are proud to become a kind of meeting point.
0: Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on your favorite podcast. We'll see you there. Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews.
1: This is World Insight.
0: So you're saying, Mr. Minister, to me, two different uh, phrases. One is pragmatism vis-à-vis political pressure.
1: Yeah, right. So in front of right. political
0: pressure, you would like to choose pragmatism, uh, no absolutely. matter what kind of political pressure you are talking about.
1: No, no, because, you know, I mean, we have been under political pressure for the last uh, 13 years. We have taken office 13 years ago. And we have won four continuous elections uh, with a huge two-third majority. Mm. It's a non-coalition government, very stable, you know. And this is pretty much preferred by the investors as well, you know, because if they make an agreement with us, they know that we're going to keep it because we don't have to um, debate it in, uh, in a coalition. The, you know, prime minister has been the same for the last 13 years. Most, consistent. Of, their, most the of their ministers, you know, have been in office for long years. So it's not like that you make an agreement with, uh, with someone today. And then, you know, next month you come and there's a total new people, new person. So this is why I'm telling you that that we are very competitive and very attractive in this regard.
0: Moving on to another point about infrastructure projects. The railway Hmm. is always the highlight.
1: Look, we are located in the heart of Europe. Indeed. And we would like to take advantage of it, you know. The geography of all countries uh, has uh, advantages and disadvantages. Our disadvantage is that uh, we don't have a seaside. We don't have own sources of energy. We don't have oil fields, we don't have gas fields. But what we do have is a uh, location in the heart of Europe. So this means that the transit routes can run through us Indeed. if we do our policies right. So, so therefore, we have agreed with Serbia that we reconstruct the railway line between Belgrade and Budapest financed by um, Chinese Axim Bank. And this um, reconstruction will um, allow us to uh, offer the uh, quickest delivery route for goods from the Greek ports ports to the western part of Europe. And we all know that the Chinese companies are heavily increasing their exports to Europe. Most of their exports uh, are going through uh, the Greek ports and these products must be somehow delivered to the western part of Europe. Now railway transportation is the most effective, quickest and the uh, most environmentally friendly way of, uh, of land transportation. And, and therefore we decided, together with the Serbs, that we will offer the quickest route. And uh, that will give a lot of revenues to both of our countries. Since um, the increased uh, Chinese uh, exports to the western part of Europe will go through us.
0: What about implementation of this project? Efficiency of implementation? Yeah,
1: look, uh, by 2025 we will complete uh, the Serbs as well and uh, then the trains can go as fast as they can.
0: What kind of job opportunity do you think this can bring to your country and to those countries that are along the road?
1: Well, it offers a lot of uh, uh, possibilities for investing into um, logistics, a lot of warehouses, a lot of logistical parks, a lot of industrial parks. And not to speak about the fact that uh, if we succeed, then it's going to be a very good reference for us uh, in, in the eyes of the Chinese companies. So uh, when it comes to delivering their uh, products, they will be able to rely on the Hungarian uh, uh, delivery route.
0: As we are looking at the crises, not just one, but plural forms going on in the world, I see countries are looking at diversification and look at different options. Uh, for example, the currency is one of those they're looking at. I know Hungary also is working on this, for example, with China.
1: Uh, look. Um, we understand that there's a totally new world order is being under uh, construction. Okay. We don't know how it's going to look like at the end, but this is going to be new, that's for sure. That's for sure. And it's going to be a multipolar world. Where are we now? If we look back 2010, 2010, U.S. had 30% share of global GDP. Now they have 25%. Still leading the pack, but 25% instead of 30 The European Union, had 22% 13 years ago. Now we have 17 and China used to have 9% and now you have 18 So this is the first time ever that China, by figures, by facts, became a bigger economy than the entire European Union and are clearly on the second spot and closing the gap with the United States. So uh, this is a new world order because it's not going to be a unipolar, there's going to be a multipolar uh, world order uh, for sure. And if it's multipolar, then it has to have some influence on the currency market as well. And we have nothing against the RMB to be internationalized, you know. Bank of China operates its regional uh, RMB clearing center uh, in Hungary. We have the largest uh, banks uh, of uh, China present in Hungary, be it China Construction Bank, be it the China Development Bank, be it the Bank of China. We have all of them in Hungary. So for us, the uh, spread of the of spreading around mm-hmm. of RMB uh, is absolutely not against our interest.
0: Sir, I see you have tremendous responsibility. I mean, not only to deal with a very complicated uh, geopolitics as the foreign minister, but also as the trade minister, dealing with the ever-evolving uh, geoeconomic situation. So, I really want to know, what is your priority? You know, when something happens, which ground, which front you are going to look at first? And how does that reconcile with your own responsibilities?
1: These duties, uh, which also include investment attraction to the country and external energy relations. Indeed. So all these must work in an integrated way. And I made a lot of efforts in the last nine years to make all these functions integrated. Because, I mean, of course, you are a 1.4 billion nation uh, with the second largest economy of the world, huge military power big influence on global developments. But we are a uh, country of 10 million, uh, landlocked in the heart of Europe, mid-sized. You are
0: very modest, sir.
1: You are a great country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so for saying that. But I'm just uh, speaking about the physics, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So the hardware. And and, and as such, you have to have a practical goal of your foreign policy as well. I mean, China as a huge country, can afford to have foreign policy to have foreign policy. But we, as a small country, we have to have foreign policy with a very concrete goal. And this very concrete goal of our foreign policy is to improve the economic um, competitiveness and economic performance of the country. To bring more jobs to the country, to sell more goods out of the country, and to bring the most modern investments to the country. So when I came into office... I made it very clear to all of the staff, all of my ambassadors, all the diplomatic uh, colleagues, uh, community in Hungary, that our job now is very practical, very practical, Uh, not ceremonial, not protocol, very practical. And um, since we have integrated uh, these areas in government, uh, we have broken the investment record and the export record every year, every year except for one during COVID. So uh, this um, this shows that it made sense to transform the way of uh, management of Hungarian foreign policy.
0: Very inspiring. Thank you so much, Thank uh, you. Mr. Minister. I appreciate That's my in-depth interview with the Hungarian Foreign Affairs and Trade Minister. That's all the time we have for today. If you'd like to know more, search World Insight, check out our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Kim Wei on behalf of the team. Thanks for being with us. Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home.